I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown, and through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Fans, welcome back to another episode of Steeler Stat Geek. This is Behind the Steel Curtains Deputy Editor Dave Schofield coming at you with another episode to talk about some numbers of what happened this past week and maybe to see if we have any hope for the week that is to come. It's been an interesting weekend. It really has. Uh, For those of you that are just here now, um, we got a little bit of a different format coming through here with um, with our streaming service, so it kind of caught me off guard a little bit, but I think we're good to go. So, oh my goodness, I, I still feel like I just took a massive punch to the gut, and since I have a pretty big gut, it would have to take a massive punch, but that's what I feel like after that game on Sunday. Man, oh man, it's the Steelers are continually finding a way to to grasp defeat out of the hands of victory uh, week after week. Um, It's interesting what's going on. So I'm going to go ahead and dive into some numbers. So then that way I I can then turn it over to see how things are going in the live chat. Um, It's, it's, it's good for you guys uh, getting in there and seeing what's going on. Uh, There's some news we could talk about before we get into that. Uh, Coach Tomlin had his press conference today. He talked about some injuries. For those of you that that were not aware, um, it was not brought up until the press conference that uh, Jalen Samuels suffered um, a knee sprain and needed to have his knee scoped, which was done yesterday. So he's out for a few weeks. They said right around a month. So if you hadn't heard that yet, uh, there was an article about that on Behind the Steel Curtain. Uh, today that you could check out to get the details of that. They talked about Mason Rudolph and being in a concussion protocol. He was at the facility yesterday and today he's smiling. He's talking. It doesn't seem like he's having any ill effects from the concussion. They weren't making him have to wake up every once in a while. They didn't seem like there's dealing with a bunch of headaches that they've, that they've talked about um, that's been mentioned. But you just never know with these concussions. And that's exactly what Coach Tomlin was saying. Um, you just never know that sometimes something that seems like not that big of a hit, but yet you have a concussion could keep someone out weeks. And yet something could be like that where a player's knocked out on the field and they could be back the following week. I know the Steelers are moving forward, um, assuming that he's not going to be there because the last thing they want to do is then have, have Rudolph 
unavailable, like what happened several years ago with Ben Roethlisberger, that they thought he was going to be okay, and he practiced, and then he wasn't cleared, and Dennis Dixon had to fill in, although he didn't get hardly any work at practice all week. So that's kind of crazy. So the, you got to move forward thinking that it's going to be Hodges, but it might not be. And I know some people might say, um, hey, guess what? Why don't they just go with Hodges anyway, since Rudolph is kind of uncertain? That's that's true. That's something that you could do. But here's the thing. Like I said, with Rudolph getting his first start in San Francisco, I was kind of writing off that first start as uh, not any high expectations. It would be like the Steelers starting over again, but starting over with a one and four and then not having crazy expectations um, with everything. I got my brother giving me a hard time about being able to read the screen in my glasses. Uh, I know that's the case. I know that's always been the case with all our podcasts, but uh, I have to be able to see. I do not wear contacts, so therefore I have to wear glasses. And, of course, there's not much I can do about the glare coming back. So uh, what I would do if I was most of you all on YouTube, stay focused on the live chat. Don't look at me. You don't want to look at me anyway. There's not much to look at. So um, it's kind of crazy. Let's talk about some of the numbers that I want to get into. And this is some some things that were kind of – Kind of bothered me a little bit. I I brought this up in some things with my um my by the numbers article that came out the day after the game. I've got some of this stuff I'm going to highlight um, in an article that I helped Jeff Hartman out with. Um, that's uh, the, uh, the, a bonehead play of the game, and we're even throwing in something new with it this week, talking about the genius play of the game or move of the game. Um, and 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 we'll talk about that. I am going to mention one thing that I saw someone bring up. Um, that said, I don't know that I could actually see it. They said, Hey, let's be honest that duck looked better on Sunday. Uh, I'm, I'm not making that statement at all because I think people forgot how well the Steelers looked with Rudolph pushing the ball down the field. And also remember that Rudolph looked great when he had to come in because it's a whole different ball game coming in off the bench than it is being prepared as the starter. You're basically thrown at the last second and you're going on adrenaline, which is what Duck was doing. Don't look for him to play quite as well as he did there, but I'm I'm still really hopeful. But those that said Duck played better than Rudolph, honestly, I think you're crazy because Rudolph was playing his best game of the season. He was he was doing great. So I'm not ready to say that. Not that Duck wasn't doing great as well, but to say that one was way better than the other was, I, I think, is ludicrous. So let's talk about a few numbers that kind of bothered me. One of the things that was there was the um, the yards per rush, the yards per carry in the rushing game. The Steelers gave up 138 yards to the Ravens, which people are like, oh, there they go, over 100. They broke the Ravens' 11-game consecutive regular season streak of going back to last season of at least 150 yards rushing or more per game. They had done that every regular season game since Lamar Jackson took over a starter. The Steelers broke that streak by holding them under 150 yards. The Ravens rushed the ball 40 times and got 138 yards. That means that the Ravens averaged under three and a half yards per carry. While the Steelers, you look, oh man, they didn't rush the ball that great. They rushed the ball for 79 yards or 77 yards on 19 attempts. The Steelers won over four yards per carry. So the Steelers had a better rushing average than the Ravens on Sunday. The difference was the Ravens rushed it twice as often as the Steelers. And when you're talking about coming in and the iffy quarterback situation, I thought, who's to say if the Steelers would have rushed it even less if it would have been Rudolph and not trying to help take care of, of Duck when he came into the game because they did rush it a decent bit once he came in. I, some people even feel like they could have rushed more. So that's just crazy. Say they rushed the ball 19 times, and I don't have a problem when the Steelers don't rush the ball when they're not rushing it effectively. They were rushing effectively. Now, granted, some of those yards came because of the 21-yard rush um, by Hodges on that scramble, which was a great play. But that's that's still that. I mean, look, the leading rusher for the for the Ravens was their quarterback as well. So I think he had over half of their rushing yards. So when it came to the running backs, the Steelers did a good job shutting down the run game, and of course, I think they did a great job shutting down the passing game. 
they were putting some the defense was put in some bad situations, but there's some other stuff about that that we will get to talking about here very soon and soon enough. So one number I want to talk about is their their lack of rushing, even though they rush the ball effectively. Another number that I wanted to bring up was how about this? Now it's funny because people will disagree or agree. Um, I want to go ahead and tell you, for those of you, to, it's a little bit of a preview to, to check out the article when it comes out that uh, Jeff Hartman will be having out in the next several days on BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. And that is the Steelers choosing to kick off in overtime. Some people think that that was, that was the bonehead move of the game. That was my genius move of the game. Now, when it happened, I was not happy. I was like, come on, what are you thinking? You've got to take the ball here. But seeing how it played out, hearing Coach Tomlin's reasoning behind it, it was the right call. For those of you that may not think it was, just hear me out. Because the question is, who is the Steelers? The Steelers. Who is the Ravens' best player? We talk about all the time the strategy of Bill Belichick and that team up north that they always want to take the best player out of the game for the other team. You know who the best player is for the Baltimore Ravens? It's Justin Tucker. That's their best player. I'm sorry. You can talk about Lamar Jackson. You can talk about Mark Ingram. You can talk about anybody else you want to. Their best player and their best asset is Justin Tucker. Kicker, Justin Tucker. And Take that on top of, no, our, our special teams returns were not doing very great, but part of that was because of the Ravens' excellence in it. The special teams has been what has won the Ravens so many games over the years since with uh, John Harbaugh as their head coach. They, they have dominated that aspect of the game, which some people just don't deem it to be as important. But you take Justin Tucker and exactly what Coach Tomlin said in the, in the post-game press conference. He's kicking the ball super high and not as deep to put it just down to the goal line to where they, you have to return it, and yet you're giving your coverage team tons of time to get down there and cover it. Every time they were kicking off and it wasn't a touchback, it was terrible. And the first, the very first play of the game started that when Johnny Holton made the mistake of bringing the ball out of the end zone rather than downing it and not even getting to the 15-yard line or around the 15-yard line. I can't remember exactly where, but it wasn't good. We'll just say that. Okay? That's the kind of stuff that we were dealing with the whole game. Every time the Ravens scored and, and were able to kick off, they were pitting the Steelers deep and putting them in a bad situation. And for those of you that might not realize this, your play calling changes depending on where you are on the field. When you're pinned deep, you have to do things differently. Look at what happened when the Ravens were, were pinned at the one-yard line. And I'm not even going to get into that. It wasn't a safety. He got the ball out. He made a good play with his forward progress before he got thrown back and to reach it out again afterwards. Either way, it was out. It was the right call. It still played out all right for the Steelers. So here's what happened in the overtime. He made the right call. He said, I'm not going to put us in bad field position, inhibit what we can do offensively with our backup quarterback. We're going to go out there. We're going to put them in bad field position, and we're going to make them, we're going to, our defense is going to step up, and they're going to, we're going to hold them, and we're going to get better field position. And what do you know, daggummit, it worked. If you look at it in overtime, this is my other number from this past week's game. My other number was the total yards gained by each team in overtime. The, the, the Steelers gained 13 yards on two plays. Granted, one of those plays was a 10-yard game and then result gain and then resulted in a fumble. Let's not talk about that right now, but let's just talk about the 13 yards in two plays. The Ravens ran six offensive plays in overtime for a total of two yards, two yards on six plays. So the Ravens averaged one foot per play in overtime, while the Steelers averaged seven and a half yards. But the difference was the turnover. The call was brilliant. They got the ball. They got it at the right spot. They were approaching midfield when the fumble happened, but then the fumble happened. 
the 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 and because the ball was knocked backwards and where it was recovered, the Ravens only gained six yards on that drive, where they had lost four yards on the previous drive. That's how you get the total of plus two. So they gained six yards and kicked the field goal. So the strategy was great. The numbers were great. Everything about those numbers for overtime tell you that the Steelers should have won the game except for two numbers, turnovers and points. So that's it. And it's one of those gut-wrenching losses because the Steelers were better. I'm sorry. Even with their even with their third string quarterback, technically you could argue he's your fourth string quarterback because he wasn't even picked in the top three to, to begin with. Or like the one tweet that I saw today, the Steelers are out are are, are down to their to where they don't have four of their top five quarterbacks that they had going into week one. Because even if you wanted to count Duck as number four, your emergency was Jalen Samuels. Now he's out. So they, you know, no Ben. Looks like there might not be any Mason. And they traded Josh Dobbs. So that's just what it is. So those are some numbers. Sorry, I went on a great big long rant about those numbers. I'm still sick to my stomach about it. The Steelers should have won that game. The game last night doesn't help me one bit at all. Where the Browns got crushed by the 49ers, which goes to show you the competition in the AFC North is that I still think that the Steelers may be the best team, but because of all they've gone through, they can't get their wins. So if the Steelers would have knocked out the Ravens, they'd be sitting, they'd be sitting at the top of the division right now, but they're not. They're two games back and I don't even want to talk about the playoffs. All we need to talk about now with the Steelers, playoffs are a dream where a lot of things would have to happen right for them to get there. What needs to happen with the Steelers is they need to win their next game. And then after that, go to the next game, then the next game. And we'll start worrying about how things play out later on. All they have to worry about now is winning each game when it comes up. So, Got to love this defense, though. Got to love it. We're going to talk about some stuff with the defense and everything with that when we talk about next week. Because I'm going to take some of the stuff that the Steelers have done so far this season. Um, if you looked at the at the title of the show, which was something about um, situationally the struggles that they have, I'm going to put that into what we're going to talk about for next week. So right now, I am now going to turn my attention to the live chat to see if anybody uh, would like to throw out any of the numbers that stood out from them from this past Sunday. Not moving on to next week yet, just things that stand out now from this past game. Um, numbers that contributed that helped contribute to the loss, numbers that were really nice that helped contribute um, to, this, to the Steelers being in the game, things that are positive moving forward, anything like that. So now as I go to look, um, I know just some people are getting into some some interesting conversations. <laughs> um. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and, not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Um, Cree, I'm going to bring up Cree. Um, sitting in most of our live traps, he says, we are below average, unfortunately. That is what our record says. And you know what a team is? A team is what their record says they are. It doesn't matter that the Steelers played good opponents. It does not matter um, that the Steelers played in close games. They are one and four. It does not matter that I feel that the Steelers are the best team in the AFC North because I don't think any of them are playing all that great. It doesn't matter because their record has them two games back. So here we go. Let's see if I can, if I can, um, there we go. Uh, Ron brings up something. He says losses of, Losses have been to teams combined six and three. Um, that's correct. Yeah, because the only the only losses of any of the teams where the Steelers have lost to, or sorry, no, I said six and three. It's sixteen and three. He had it right. I said it wrong. Um, is the Ravens have two losses, and and the um, and the Seahawks have the one loss to New Orleans. Other than that, 
That's correct. Here we go. Dennis Waters Jr. says Vince had nine tackles and a sack. Yes, that was um, he was, I think it's Sealers.com. I think he was their their player of the week. Okay, here we go from Ryan Kellerman. Three picks. We're gonna talk about that a little bit because I mean the Steelers, they are I had to calculate it myself going into each game because you couldn't just get the statistics. And then of course a lot of people, you know, put the same stuff out the next day. But I had to do it for my article that went out first thing. Monday morning is that the Steelers are tied. They're tied for the league in takeaways and they're third in the league in sacks. So yeah, they have 12 takeaways on the season, um, which is pretty amazing saying they didn't have any in week one. So, and they're tied with the Patriots is who they're tied with. So here we go. Um, As Ron says, five sacks, three picks and a loss. That's um, what, what really does stink. Okay. Uh, someone was, people were talking about um, um, Baker Mayfield going eight for 22. Yeah, that's about right. Um, Claude says this team is about to get hot starting this week. Just watch. You know what? I would like to see that. I've been thinking that I thought maybe they would get hot after Cincinnati, but uh, they had all the opportunity to be that hot team and they just couldn't finish. Um, so here we go. Um, uh, someone was crazy. Chris wants to know how many penalties we have on the season right now. I do not know how many penalties we have on the season. I do know that we had 11 on Sunday, but another measurement measuring stick for that is the Ravens also had 11 and they had more yardage and penalties than what we did. So technically we won the penalty battle shockingly with 11 penalties for 70 some yards. But what we have on the season, I'm not sure that was the, I'm, I think that was the most penalized game so far for the Steelers. And with it being so much on both teams, now, of course, these are accepted penalties. I think a lot of that could have just had to be, had to go with the officiating crew. Don't want to get into how bad that was. There were several bad calls that went both ways throughout that game. But of course, whenever a bad one goes against you and at a key moment, it stands out like no one knowing what roughing the passer is anymore. Um, Mark still thinks that that was a safety on the goal line. He says that we should have got two points for that. Personally, I think they did a fantastic job of pinning him deep. He did have forward progress before he was thrown back, and he did a nice job of extending yet again in case he didn't have that forward progress. So it is my belief that that was actually one of the correct calls. Um, They could have challenged it. They wouldn't have won it. Um, So that was it. Uh, Dennis Sheraton says, yeah, 22, the number of penalties on each side. I saw someone tweet out and say, you know what? Some of these games are becoming unwatchable. Um, And I I can't even remember. It might have even been someone text me. It might have even been my brother Lance. I can't remember who it was because so many people were, were texting me during the game. And that is what's a shame is that the people that are deciding these games aren't even the players in the field a lot of the time that the, the best officiating crew is one that you don't ever want to mention. You know, it's kind of like a good defensive back when they don't say your name, it's probably because you're doing something good and it's pro- and you know, and they're not even throwing your way kind of like the offensive line. If they don't even say your name, you're probably doing your job because they're not saying you're called for a hold or an offsides or anything. The same should be said about the officiating crew and they are becoming too much of a factor in these games. Um, so yes, they got a new collective bargaining agreement with the officials or whatever you, if it's a, I think it's a CBA is what they call it, but you know, they've got to do a better job. So, um, a lot of people saying that they, that they enjoy, um, how good the defense is doing, uh, Ron yards per carry on the season. Couldn't tell you. All I know is that the Steelers going over four was by far their best of the season, I'm pretty sure. So I'd still put them probably right around the three to three and a quarter range if I were to ballpark it, but that's just a pure guess, so I couldn't tell you. Um, um, Someone did want to say something in the live chat. I'm not going to mention too much here about the rumors about Tomlin going to Washington. I had an article about that today. I had some sarcastic takes on it, trying to throw out a bunch of Tomlinisms, using the word obviously a bunch, talking about painting with a broad brush. And my final joke, I hope people got it, was 
Um, if he would go to Washington, he could finally paint his barn red, which I thought was ironic because today in his press conference, when Coach Tomlin talked about painting the barn red and the injury to Jalen Samuels, he's like, well, I guess maybe now we got to paint it yellow because yellow paint's what we got, which is funny that got to get away from that red, red painted barn, Coach, and make it yellow to show your loyalty there. Um, but uh, we're not going to dive into that too much tonight because that kind of gets away from the numbers of things. So um, you, uh, lots of good discussion going on here in the live chat. I'm going to kind of turn my eyes away from it right now to get back to some of the numbers that I have going here for moving forward because Steelers got a big game. West Coast, Los Angeles Chargers. I know a lot of people – uh, hey, Flip. Thank you, Flip. 3.5 yards per carry for the Steelers, 3.9 for their opponents. Flip, if only I would have known you were in here in the first place. I hadn't seen you. I would have known that you would have been all over that for me. So big kudos to Flip for taking care of that. Okay. Oh, sorry. Got to make sure I get that clicked properly. So here's the thing. The last time the Steelers won on the West Coast was against the Chargers. Of course, it was in San Diego. But playing in L.A., this is not going to be much of a home game for the for the Chargers. I actually expect a lot more Steeler fans to be there. But the thing that makes it not the home game is the travel and everything else. So, yes, the crowd could be good in, and even in the Steelers' favor. We'll see. Um, but I don't know about, you know, how they'll affect the traveling. Then you've got possibly a new starting quarterback. Um, so that's just one of those things to worry about. So. When it comes to what to expect, oh my goodness, I real I don't really know. You know, I'd love to say to keep getting the turnovers from the defense and getting the sacks. I love what this defense is doing. Boy, adding that one player to sure up the back end of the defense has made such a difference. I don't really know how anyone could argue against that trade right now because it's paid so much, so many dividends, along with Devin Bush getting better and better, it seems like, every week. Uh, this defense, and with other guys playing better, that just makes those around them playing better. Oh, my goodness. Bud Dupree is getting great matchups and is taking advantage of that. So, Stefan Tuitt was just owning one of the best guards in the NFL, arguably the best guard in the NFL. Um, and and um, why am I going to forget his first name? Yonda. Uh, Marshall Yonda? I think something like that. Um, for the Ravens. It's an offensive lineman. I should know this, but yeah. So, man, defense, defense, defense. Got to love it. But let's look at some problems that we're having with the Steelers through five games, okay? First things first, and this is what killed the Steelers against the 49ers is the points off of turnovers. The Steelers are, believe it or not, they are getting points off of turnovers. They have 12, they forced, they have 12 takeaways on the season. So that's forcing 12 turnovers. And they have a total of 39 points off of those turnovers on the season. That would be three touchdowns, six field goals, and three where they did not score either due to one, I think two were punts, and one was, uh, believe it or not, another turnover back. That was the in the San Francisco game. But in San Francisco, it, it killed them that they just got punt, punt, nothing, nothing, nothing. Now, two of those nothings, at least two, maybe three, were that they kept the 49ers from scoring by getting the turnover because they were deep in Steelers territory. But you've got to turn this around. Against the Seahawks, the Steelers turn, had both turnovers turned into touchdowns. The next week, not so much. Against Cincinnati, they were both field goals. Two turnovers, both of them were field goals. This week, field goal, field goal. They did get a touchdown on the last turnover. Um, a lot of people don't realize that because of everything that happened in between, because it was the Devin Bush interception, which was a phenomenal play. If they would have called it incomplete, if there would have been a challenge on that, they wouldn't have overturned that either. Um, they, If they would have overturned that, I wouldn't have like thrown anything at the TV. I knew it was a possibility. Um, but hey, that was the call. It was what it was. But they got the ball. Rudolph made po possibly his best play of the season in escaping the pressure, rolling out, hitting Washington for the 25-yard game when he got knocked out of the game. That was a great play. A lot of people were screaming. I saw in various places I had to correct people. Like, why was there no flag on that play? There was. There was a flag. There was a 15-yard um, 
um, personal foul, roughing the passer, hit to the head, whatever you wanted to call it. I don't know that they actually announced it to, to hear exactly what it was, but there was the 15-yard penalty on top of that. That's how the Steelers got the ball down closer, and they finished that drive off with a touchdown, with a one-yard touchdown run uh, by James Conner. So that means that was a touchdown off of a turnover, but that's still not quite enough. It would be really great that they could do better. They're averaging three and a quarter points per per takeaway. Um, that could improve. So bottom line is when the Steelers get a turnover, one thing I want to see going forward into this week is, the, is equating that to more touchdowns than anything else. That would be really helpful. That's one. Two, now I have to give credit for the whole notion behind this because he's been screaming it all season. And this comes where I actually looked up the actual numbers from this from uh, Mark Caballi from The Athletic. Constantly comments about when the Steelers score a touchdown, what they do is they turn around and give up a long drive to their opponent. And you want to know what? My goodness, he is right. And I, I've got to read these numbers because it's just too much to look at. Obviously, the Steelers didn't score a touchdown in week one. So we're going to look at these numbers to look at how they can improve for next week. Week two, and the three touchdowns they scored, the following drive by their opponent, this was against Seattle, was 12 plays, 75 yards, touchdown. Six plays, 75 yards, touchdown. And 12 plays, 41 yards, end of game. That was the three, that was against Seattle. And week three against San Francisco in their, in their two, after their two touchdowns, the next drive, 10 plays, 75 yards, touchdown, nine plays, 61 yards, fumble. So they had moved the ball and they were ready to score, but the Steelers got the turnover. Um, Maybe I should say the takeaway because that really was the other team turning the ball over because I'm pretty sure that was one of those bad snaps. Week four in the win against Cincinnati, they, they score a touchdown. They give up nine plays, 46 yards, and a fumble. Here's your loan, three and out after minus 11 yards because they had two sacks and a punt. That's the only three and out the Steelers are forced after scoring a touchdown all season. And then the next play was, or the next drive was six plays, two yards, and a punt. That was a couple first downs in there. Um, but then because of a couple sacks, they got thrown back again because you know how the Steelers had all those sacks against the Bengals. Last week in the two touchdowns that the Steelers scored, their, the next drive was 13 plays, 75 yards, touchdown, and 12 plays, 67 yards, field goal. So, yes, every time the Steelers score a touchdown, with the exception of, of two drives that resulted in, in punts, there's been, let's see, there's been two drives that resulted in punts, two that resulted in turnovers, one that resulted in the end of the game, um, one that resulted in a field goal, and all the rest were touchdowns. So that's one, two, three, four of them that were touchdowns. But they're all long drives. They're all long drives. The Steelers, have, after scoring their 70 points on their touchdowns, they've given up 31 points in the very next drive. Okay? So on those drives, the Steelers have given up an average of 50.6 yards on a drive after scoring a touchdown. The Steelers are giving up an average of 3.1 points per drive, so more, so a field goal or more. And those drives have lasted an average of 9.2 plays. So the Steelers are definitely giving up too much right after a touchdown. You would think a touchdown would get your defense fired up and ready to go, but um, they just haven't been responding. It could also be maybe some safe play calling. I couldn't say for sure. Another thing. So, so that's another thing I want to look at for this week. I want to see that when the Steelers score a touchdown, I want to see them get the, get the stop on the next drive. So that's another number that I would like to see for the Steelers. So we talked about numbers off of turnovers. We want sevens. That's one number. Two numbers we want is we want we want no points given up after scoring a touchdown. So that's that's two. And here's one that I just got to say. You want to know if uh, a crazy thing of trivia? I almost wanted to save this for the um, uh, for the preview Thursday, but uh, I'm just going to blow it here. Here's something that's that, that that you don't want to hear. What about the Steelers opening drive of the game every week? You know how many points the Steelers have, sc have scored totally 
on their first drive all year? Three. They scored three points on the field goal where they got the, the turnover from San Francisco. Pretty sure that was the TJ Watt interception. They gained on that drive. Where is that? They gained five yards in three plays and kicked field goal. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. That's it. Here's another thing. (laughs) The Steelers have a total of 38 yards on their opening drive through five games. That is a total, that is an average of 7.6 yards per drive to open up each game. They have run an average of 3.6 plays, only 18 plays total. And the most disgusting thing of them all, that the Steelers only have two first downs total on their opening drives of the game. And not only is it only two first down totals, it was in week one. It was in their blowout game against the Patriots. Sorry, that team up north that the Steelers is the only game the Steelers have had a first down on their opening drive. They went seven plays. 27 yards, and punted. They got two first downs on that drive, and then they punted. In week two, this was still when Roethlisberger was quarterbacking. Three plays, minus two yards, punt. Week three, three plays, five yards, field goal, because you got the ball in field goal range already. Week four, two plays, three yards, fumble. And then last week, three plays, five yards, punt. The Steelers only have 13 first quarter points on the season. Six in San Francisco on on turnovers where they were already in field goal range, and they scored a touchdown late in the first quarter against the Ravens. The Juju touchdown was in the first quarter. So it's, it's starting slow. The Steelers can't start slow. They're starting their season slow. They're starting their game slow. If they haven't been starting these games slow, the Steelers would could, could should easily be four and one right now. If you talk about just at just add a field goal to each one of these games on the opening drive. Now, granted, everything else would play out different, but add that field goal to start the game on the opening drive. These are all three-point games. You know, they lost Seattle by two. San Francisco was four. Who knows how that would have played out? They lost the Ravens in overtime. Okay. These are points they've got to get right off the bat. So that's something else that I want to I want to see. That's my third number. And that is the number of three plus. You got to get points on your opening drive of the game. I mean, and at worst, I mean, only one of these drives maybe I should say this two of these drives because one, they result in the field goal and then they kicked off actually helped them even gain field position. That's just that that's just not working. And it's crazy that the Steelers are still in these games when they are starting so bad, but their defense is also starting pretty strong as well. So you don't, you might take that for granted that, Oh, well, the game's still close. Shouldn't be get your points early, get them early. So I'm, Sorry that I, I have not been paying attention to the live chat because I've been focused on these numbers here. That's just how it was. I am ready for you guys to tell me what kind of numbers you want to see coming up. This could even be comments on the numbers that I threw out there. If you put it up there before, I didn't I didn't see it. Um, so if you have something that you think is really good that you want me to see, put it out there right now. So what numbers do you want to see this week coming up? What numbers of what I what – I, um, talked about already with what's happened in the last five games, would you really like to see improved with that? So, and it's so funny because as, as soon as I uh, throw that out there for everyone, it seems like uh, there's not much going on in the live chat, although we have like a hundred people or so. Um, Here we go. Ron, three turnovers 
21 points. And I'm assuming I'm I'm assuming what you mean with this, because I'm I'll take it this way. That's 21 points off those three turnovers. Yes. You know what? I'll even take 17. 17 would be nice. You know what I don't want? Three or six. You gotta you you gotta do that, especially if you're gonna have that many. Okay. Um, wow, Flip has a stat that he threw out there for us. He says, Pro Football Reference says, says Rudolph has thrown 21 poor passes. Not sure how they came up with that. I mean, especially early on when he was throwing um, so many short passes. I mean, he, does he even have 21 incompletions on the season? Then again, you know, let's say a receiver makes a nice play on the ball. They'll sometimes will call that a poor pass. So that's some that's some interesting stats. That'll show you that you can take statistics to pretty much paint any picture that you want. So I know I, I do the same thing all the time. So sorry, but I like using numbers to paint my picture. Okay. Um, Nathan, that might be my favorite. You want one. One win next Sunday. That's exactly what I was saying before. That's what the Steelers have to focus on. Forget the future. Forget the North. Forget everything else. Do everything you can to get that one win. Then turn around the next week. Well, actually, for them, it'll be two weeks. And get another one. Okay? Ah, here you go. Thank you there, David Harris. How about zero fumbles in the fourth quarter? Yeah, that would be nice. Uh, zero zero fumbles total would be would be great. But... Yeah, those fourth quarter ones um, have have cost the Steelers a couple games. Um, so let me see what I can do. Uh, keep going here. Um, Cree said about how about twenty five points to win and hundred yards rushing. We haven't hit hundred yards rushing all season. Um, could have done it against the Ravens, just didn't run it enough. I mean, I usually think that a running back is getting the right number of carries when they get twenty five carries in a game. And the Steelers don't have 25 rushes total over several different players. So uh, I remember my my brother still in the live chat or not. Our old school fantasy football league that we used to score ourselves. Forget this Yahoo or ESPN stuff. We used to look up the stats and figure out the score ourselves. We did not give points for rushing attempts for a running back unless they hit 25. If you had, and, and we didn't give points for yards unless they hit 100. So if a running back had 20 rushes for 92 yards and no touchdowns, zero fantasy points. It was some pretty hardcore stuff, and it was great. I wish we had that. Wish we still did that, that again. Okay. Um, Dennis brought up a good point. That would be nice. Our, this is, I know we have a couple of different Dennis's in the live chat. This is Dennis Water Jr. Our D needs to punch it in. That would be nice. Remember, we did get one. Um, that was week two, I do believe, that was called back um, on, a, on a play that didn't even help. That was It was a Mark Barron touchdown that Sean Davis got called, had called back. Yeah, just thinking how that would have changed that game. Okay. Um, here we go. Ryan Kellerman. Let's go five sacks in Old Man Rivers. I say five plus. Okay. Um, so Mike says we need to start throwing a little more 225 with 120 yards rushing, at least 24 a game. Um, um, I don't know if you meant throwing a little more, running a little bit more. We need those hundred yards rushing. That would be great. Um, Dennis Sheridan wanted to know about the stat with Mason Rudolph. How many good passes he had? <laughs> That's pretty funny. Um, Ron was another one that said zero, zero fumbles in the fourth quarter. Um, people, a lot of people are agreeing with that. Um, <laughs> Mark from down under. Glad that he joins us. How about nine sacks to equal the amount of kids Rivers has? <laughs> yep. We could name each sack, but they need to, the Steelers defense needs to make sure they know the names of his kids. And every time he gets sacked, you come up and say the name of each one and count them down. Um, so, so here we go. Here we go. Um, um, here we go. Ron wants to say, how about uh, Connors with 75 yards rushing, Snell with 40 yards rushing? I'd be, you know what? If Snell's going to get 40 yards rushing, he's going to have to break one or two because I, I know he'll probably get a few more carries with Samuels being out, but I don't look for him to have probably more than five or six. Um, but but we'll see. I mean, unless they come out really run heavy, uh, I'd have to look at this. I know the Chargers gave up a ton of rush, rushing yards against the Broncos. You know, so the Chargers 
just lost to a, to a team that hadn't won a game. Um, it's going to be interesting to see how that goes out. Um, uh, Dennis Waters Jr. says, how about an 80-yard touchdown? You know what? Those are the nice kind of touchdowns too. You know, I didn't even, I didn't even re- remind people about the whole super chat feature. If you had a number you wanted to put out there, put the comment, hit the dollar sign, donate any amount to the show. I'll make sure I bring it up right away. I'm going to do a few more here. We'll probably take maybe another five minutes at this. Um, that's my brother. He's saying, that's right. That's about the old school fantasy football. Um, um, some people still want to talk about the, about the safety. Uh, yeah. Yeah. D- Dennis said, yeah, he meant the long TD. I got you. I knew what you meant. So um, here we go. So flip said four of the seven Hodges completions were for first downs. Rudolph had five. That's, that's true. And that's a very telling statistic. Here's another thing. I think Hodges was, he, was he, um, yeah, because he was, what, seven for nine? So four of them were for first, down, first downs. But here's another thing you got to remember. He wasn't – Flip might be able to answer this for me. Was he throwing very much on first down? Was he throwing very much in long situations because the Steelers were running the ball to try to put him in a better situation, and they were getting good runs on first down and getting positive yards? And when you leave your – and when and when you leave yourself in a situation when you're dealing with, you know, second and three, you know, third and one. I don't even want to get into the third down situation. Once again, the Steelers only managed three third down conversions. That's all they've had each game. They were three of nine. But the Steelers had a number of first downs because they were getting them on second down because they were being more successful on first down. So that's just in- interesting to know. Um here we go. This is um, don't watch that. Says at least one interception and forced fumble and recovery this Sunday for the defense. That would be nice. They're getting a lot of turnovers. The thing is, is those turnovers aren't turning into wins because you're going to have games where you don't get the turnovers. Sometimes it just doesn't go your way. So I want to see the turnovers keep coming. They're playing great with that. They're just making plays, making plays on defense, good things will happen. Let's make some plays right after the Steelers score a touchdown from now on. Okay. Um, Mike says, what happens if we win this week with Duck? Do we go back to Mason? In my opinion, yes. Um, I'm still not even sure that we're going with Duck this week. It's not beyond the realm of possibility that Mason Rudolph is your starter this week. So don't, don't assume it. I don't think it's – if I had to bet right now, I would place my wager on Hodges being the starter, but I am – but don't rule it out yet. Okay. Here's a good one, Sammy. How about Juju with 150 yards and two touchdowns? Uh, that would be a very welcome sight. Um, I would take it from any receiver. Um, here you go. Dennis says, another Dennis. <laughs> There's at least three. Um, Dennis Kleinbrick. I think I said that right. Key Bosa off the quarterback. That sounds good. Yeah. How about zero sacks given up by the Steelers? That'd be nice. Hey, I, I do feel, boy. First, the bad news. SAP Business AI won't help you generate cubist versions of your family's holiday photos. But it will help you understand which supplier is best to help you roll out your plant-based packaging in Southeast Asia. Or identify the training your junior project manager needs to rise up the ranks. And automate repetitive tasks while you focus on big innovations. So you can be ready for the next opportunity. Revolutionary technology. Real-world results. That's SAP Business AI. Watching that game last night, didn't that go to tell you what the, that the Steelers' offensive line was? Did have a lot to do with some of their opponents? Man, oh, man, I know the Browns' offensive line is not good, but they made that uh, 49ers defensive front just look like they're the best thing that's ever come since the Monsters of the Midway. Um, or the, I don't know why I picked that. Since the Steel Curtain days, we'll say that. Okay. Um, I don't know why that's what came out. So Chris says zero sacks on Hodges. I'm going to say zero sacks on the quarterback. Uh, like I said, I'm still not sure that, um, like I said, Rudolph has not been ruled out. They could have ruled him out today. They could have said he's out. Um, got an article coming out about Coach Tomlin talking about promotions from the practice squad. Um, what he said about that players that could possibly be on the chopping block, things like that. That'll come out. That might be things that we talk about more Thursday on the preview or maybe even tomorrow night with Jeff and Lance on um, 
why can't I remember the name of their show right now? Uh, the standard is the standard. That's the name of the show and the standard is the standard just in general. So um, I think that's pretty much going to probably do it here for tonight. I know I'm still getting some other things in the live chat, but uh, we've had some really great stuff. Wonderful discussions, great numbers throwing out there. I know I kind of went off on a little bit of my rant about various different things, but that's what happens when I break down these numbers and they frustrate me. It's just, it, it is what it is. I mean, the Steelers outgained the Ravens on in overtime on a third of the plays, and yet they lose the game. Things like that. Things like not doing anything with opening drives. That drives me crazy as well. So it is what it is. So thank you all so much for tuning in. A um, couple things I want to throw out there to you. Um, if anyone's looking for any Steelers games to try to get to. Uh, I have some tickets for sale. Uh, I mentioned I had someone who's already contacted me about the Browns game. I do believe if, as long as they, they end up wanting those tickets, that those are spoken for. But I also have the Bills game coming up. Um, don't ask me to go too low. If I'm not going to take a loss on my tickets, I'll go watch the game instead. Um, if you are interested in a good price for the Rams game, I've got my brother's two upper deck tickets for sale, 240 for the pair. That's pretty good for that game. Uh, that's the friends. And we, we, you guys are my friends and family here in the live chat and every, and, uh, and um, who listen to the podcast and everything. If you're interested in going to that game, contact me, um, STLR super fan dad at Gmail. You can click on any of my articles on behind the steel curtain. And my email is right there at the top. Um, that's, that's what those tickets are going for. If you want to go to that game, that game is November. Oh my goodness. It's escaping me. Okay. It's the second weekend of November. So I'm, it's right around November 10th. I'm saying it's a 425 game. You get the, if you want those tickets, I will meet up with you either before or after the game. And we can, we can talk about Steelers stuff and things like that. So if you're interested in that one, um, let me know. Thanks for tuning in tonight, guys. It's been a great show. I appreciate uh, everyone out there that supports BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, that supports all of our podcasts through any of the avenues where you can find podcasts that we have it. Um, or those of you that, that watch live on YouTube or watch the replays on YouTube, those of you that are giving us the thumbs up, those of you that are giving positive reviews, we thank you for everything that you do and for all the support. The Steelers are one and four, but guess what? We're not going anywhere. We're still giving you seven podcasts a week. We're still giving you 10 or more articles a day on the website. You're still going to get your Steelers content. None of that's going to change. What needs to change is the number of wins going in the win column for the Steelers going forward. That's what we need. Um, Kathy Ford throws, oh, I hit the wrong one. It skipped. There we go. Sorry about that, Mike. Um, that said, have a good night. But Kathy Ford did throw $2 in to the tip jar saying, good show as usual. Thanks for tuning in there, Kathy. Thank you, everyone that uh, spent some time with us on a Tuesday night. Remember, tomorrow night, standard is the standard. Thursday night, Steelers preview. Friday night, Lance's, yeah, I said it. Saturday, burning question. This week, it looks like that's going to be me back at it again. And then we got the game Sunday night with the late, late post-game show. And we're right back into the Steelers hangover on Monday. And I'll be back next Tuesday with some more Steelers Stat Geek. So thanks for the support. And as always, tune in, tell a friend, and subscribe. We'll see you all next week.